0: though glades i wonder and hear the birds sing sweet Yeah. Sim. and take. say
1: Wasn't that beautiful? Amen. Thank you to Jonavette and to Gloria. What a team. And I've heard them practicing a little bit in the evenings before the meeting start, and they have sounded great, and they were a blessing today. How great thou art. You know, we could end the message right there and send amen, and we'd go home blessed. Because of who God is and what he's done for us, that would be enough. But God has put a message on our hearts to give today, so we will do that as well. Shall we just look to the Lord in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your greatness and for your glory. We thank you that you loved us with an everlasting love and you sent the Lord Jesus, your Son, down to die for us. The words of those hy- of that hymn were so special. When I think that God, his Son not sparing, sent him to die, I scarce can take it in, that on the cross my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. And Lord, for a great God to come down to this world of sin and shame and agony and go to the cross in the person of Jesus Christ, we are so thankful for the salvation that we have. Lord, please hide me behind the cross. May your words come forward today and touch our lives by the Holy Spirit. And we just leave it in your hands, Lord, and thank you for this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, we live in a world full of difficulties and problems every day of our lives. And we thank God that he is with us through these things. But so many times when we go through the difficulties, we go through the trials, we go through these experiences, we don't remember, we tend to forget how God has delivered us in the past, the victories he's won for us, the battles that have come through victorious, And we forget just how great God is. And it's amazing how when the Lord orchestrates the message with a song, how it goes together. I never cease to be amazed by that. It's absolutely a, a tremendous encouragement. And we have to pause and thank him for being so great to us in our lives. He's never failed us. He never will fail us. He'll always come through in his timing. And the title of our message today is God is Able. God is able. How many times have we sang on Wednesday night that beautiful song, He is able, more than able, to accomplish what concerns me today. He is able, more than able, to handle anything that comes my way. Job loss, health issues, cancer, whatever it is, God can handle it. He is able, more than able, to do much more than I could ever dream He is able, more than able, to make me what he wants me to be. Did you ever think that God looks at your life with the potential you have for him? If God looked at us the way we were before we were saved, we would be just like discarded. But God sees beyond that. He sees what you can be, what I can be in Christ, and then he's working to make us like Christ, to mold us into his image. And we thank God for that. Only the Lord knows what's in your heart today, what's in my heart today, but the question is, what's concerning you today? What cares do you have on your heart that are maybe so personal that you haven't shared them with anybody? They're unspoken. So when the Adel asks for unspoken requests on Wednesday, you put up your hand. It's an unspoken request. It's an ongoing request. The Lord knows those unspoken. He knows what's concerning us today. He knows And he cares. And I love him for that. We have such a great God. Please turn with me this morning to Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 3. Paul's letter to the Ephesians, we're going to read two verses that relate to this Ephesians, chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. You can go home later and read Paul's whole prayer here. and There's a prayer also in chapter 1 that just they're beautiful prayers. Paul had beautiful prayers for the saints of God throughout his letters to the churches. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Can you say amen to that? Amen. I love these verses. They're so encouraging. And today we're going to look at three things. Number one, God is the right source of our blessing, of our answers. Secondly, God has all the right resources to meet every need that we have. And number three, God Gets the glory. We cannot claim anything for ourselves. Well, let's look at the first point this morning. God is the right source. You know, one of the bottling companies for bottled water, Crystal Geyser, has their motto that their water is bottled at the source. It's better than all the other waters because it's bottled at the source of the Sierra. And you come and you get that bottled water and it tastes so good it's bottled at the source. Well, guess what? God is the source of every blessing that we have, every gift that we have, every talent and skill and ability that he's given us. It all comes from the Lord. You know, there was a little girl one day that she came to her mother, and I read this story, and it says, I suppose in heaven they think I am dead. Her mother replied, Why, Mary, why do you think they would say that? Why do they think you're dead? And the little girl said, because I haven't said my prayers in a week. No, it's a humorous story. But I ask you this morning, have you said your prayers today? Have you had communion with the Lord today? Have you gone to the source today? You know, and I have no problems with the devotionals, and I have no problems with good Christian books, but when it comes to the source, this is the source. God's word is the source because God is the source. This is his word and if anybody comes to you and says, well, I've got this, this, and this, can you prove it in the Word? Can you show me in the Word? We have to follow what God has given us. It's the source. You know, James told us, you have not because you ask not. And one day they took this man on a tour when he got to heaven, and they took him by this big storage facility. And he says, wow, I'd like to see what's in there. No, you don't want Peter said. Peter, right? Peter is always the one giving the tours in heaven. And he said to him, no, you don't want to see that. Why? He says, because that is where all the answers to prayer are that you never prayed for, that I never prayed for. You know, I really think that we go around sometimes like spiritual paupers, content with the little drops that we have instead of asking God for great things. If we have a great God, shouldn't we ask him for great things? Should we expect he's going to give us little or should we expect he's going to give us much? And he is a God who gives much. In John chapter 14 and verse 14, the Lord Jesus said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Long before Nike had that expression, just do it, the Lord Jesus says, I will do it. If you bring your prayers and sincerely pray in faith, according to God's will, with no unconfessed sin, God says, through the Lord Jesus, I will do it. Is there anything too difficult for the Lord? It says it in Jeremiah, there is nothing too difficult for him to do. Turn with me, if you will, over to Luke chapter 11. Gospel of Luke chapter 11, and I want to read you some verses that relate to this because it shows that our Heavenly Father is more concerned than any earthly father for us. Luke chapter 11, we'll read verses 9 through 13. Here the Lord Jesus, in speaking to his disciples, said, So I say to you, ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Now look at this, what it says in verse 11. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? No. Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? No. He says, if you ask for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? No. No earthly father would do that. And then he says, if then, being evil, you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Isn't that a blessing? God wants to give us good things. He wants to bless our lives tremendously. He wants us to come before his throne of grace and plead, plead, and beg, and ask. And when we do that, he will come through for us. Sometimes we wish, Lord, it would come a little sooner, a little faster, a little more of the way I want it to go, but no, God has a different timetable. And that's why it says in Hebrews 4.16, therefore, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The original translation of that could be, in the nick of time. Have you ever got to the point in your life where you say, Lord, it's getting late, I need you to come in the nick of time. Right now, Lord, it has to happen. Roger's smiling, because God's timing, God's timing. He doesn't just easily give us things right away. He wants us to wait and be patient, and it's hard on us. Especially if you're waiting for a job, or you're waiting for a new home to close, or you're waiting for a new car that you've always wanted to get. Whatever it is, or waiting for a life partner to come, whatever it might be, we should never be strangers to the throne of grace. Never be strangers. Like that little girl says, I haven't sent up my prayers in a week. We want to be those who pray every day and call upon the Lord story was told by a man named James David Ford. He's the chaplain of the U.S. House of Representatives and has been since 1979. And he tells a story of one day he and two friends went on a journey by boat, a 31-foot craft, and they started in Plymouth, England, and their journey was to New York. 5,992 miles. Wow, what a journey. And it started off real calm and real good, and they were happy and Just everything was going great and all of a sudden a hurricane came up. A strong hurricane out on the Atlantic came up and he started to worry. First day, well, it's pretty bad. Second day, getting worse. Third day, getting worse. And he felt so guilty and he remembered the words of his earthly father who said to him, don't go. You're a husband. You have five children. Wait till they grow up before you go on such a dangerous trip. And all these things are going through his mind. He didn't feel like he could even pray because he put himself in harm's way. He got himself into this, maybe needlessly that he shouldn't have done it. But all of a sudden, he came to the Lord on the third day and he said these words, just a simple, short prayer. Oh God, I've had enough. Within 30 minutes, the skies opened up, turned blue, the hurricane calmed down, And God answered his prayer. A simple, sincere prayer. Have you got to the the end of yourself and you just says, Oh God, that's enough. I can't handle anymore. But the Lord says, Yes, you can. Because I will be with you. He's promised to never leave us nor forsake us. And he says, You can take another step. You can go a little further. I'll be with you. And God keeps encouraging us And that's what I love about coming to church and hearing the word of God and having fellowship with Christians. We can get encouraged so that we can face Monday morning. You know, I don't know about you, but sometimes Monday morning is is tough. It's tough, especially those who can relate to being out of work. You know, you're used to going to work, and then Monday morning comes, and you don't have work to go to, or whatever it might be. Or you're sick, and you're home, and you, you, you can't go out and be with people. Whatever it might be. The Lord says in 1 Peter 5, 7, Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Do you know he cares for you, Maria? He cares for you, Melissa. He cares for you, Brad. He cares for all of us. He loves us, and he really does care. The devil wants to tell us, God doesn't care about you. He's not going to give you this. He's not going to do this for you. It's too tough. You're asking too much of God. God can't do it. Don't listen to the devil's voice. Listen to God's voice that he can and will do it for us. I like what David said in Psalm 8, 4 through 6. He says, What is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels and have crowned him with glory and honor. Have you ever stood before the Lord or kneeled before the Lord and just felt so unworthy and said, Lord, I'm not worthy? I don't deserve the answer to this. I don't deserve the job. I don't deserve the home. I don't deserve the car. I don't deserve this or that. Probably Roger feels that way. You don't deserve Shante. And Shante feels, I don't deserve Roger. But you know what? We're all undeserving sinners. And we come to Christ not in our deservingness, if that's a word, not in our worthiness, that is a word, but we come <laughs> to him. And he says, I'm going to forgive you of your sins. I'm going to give you eternal life, and I'm going to go beyond that. I'm going to give you a home in heaven, and I'm going to do it all for you because I love you. God is the source. He's the right source. He's the one to go to in all our difficulties and time of need. I really like what Sylvia said on Thursday. She was talking about brokenness, and she said, if we would just come to the Lord in our prosperity and be broken before him, then we wouldn't have to, have to come to him in the crisis. But I don't know about you, I have to have the crisis. I mean, I go along fine, I'm trusting the Lord, but sometimes the Lord has to give me a jolt, a good jolt, get my attention and say, come before me, be broken, be humble, be contrite, seek me. And when we do that, he is the right source in our lives. And secondly, not only is, is God the right source, but he has all the right resources. Tremendous. You know That's quite a statement and quite a promise that God has the ability to answer our prayers and he has the desirability too. He desires to answer our prayers and to give us what we need. He is able and more than able. And how many saints have experienced this verse in Ephesians that we just read this morning? Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. According to the power that works in us. You know, a man made a humorous statement, but it's so true. He says, the world nowadays has so many problems that if Moses was to come down from Mount Sinai today with two tablets, they'd be two aspirin. <laughs> that is appropriate. I mean, every day I look on my computer, I, I watch the news, I read the papers, and it's we got a housing crisis. We've got food prices going up. We've got people out of work. We've got gasoline prices going up. I thank God for Safeway, though, because I get 10 cents off a gallon by shopping at Safeway. And I'll put in a good word for Jeff on that one. Because, and I think I'm saving a bunch, but it's high prices. I really believe we're in the last days, folks. And God is going to be with us and do mighty things and miracles in our lives because we're in the last days. The last message I gave, I didn't give any acronyms, and somebody said, hey, Dean, you didn't give any acronyms in your last message. So I came up with a really good, I think, acronym for this message today, and it's ARMS, A-R-M-S. Easy to understand, easy to remember, ARMS. Here's what it stands for, Answers, Remedies, Miracles, Solutions. Isn't that something? And underneath are God's everlasting arms. Answers, remedies, miracles, and solutions. Shall we say it this morning? Answers, remedies, miracles, solutions. Do you have those needs today? Do you need those things? Do you need an answer in your life? Do you need a miracle? Do you need a remedy? Do you need a solution? God has them. We need them. He wants us to ask for them. And he wants us to ask persistently. Like it says in Luke, ask and keep on asking. Don't give up after one prayer. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking until God answers that prayer. I read a great, great story of the great preacher F.B. Meyer who was asked to go on board a luxury liner and he was on the ship and the captain asked him to speak before the group. I have a feeling that the captain was probably a Christian because he asked him to speak on the subject of answered prayer. So Dr. Meyer said, I will certainly do that. So the first group that they had was the people in the first class. The first class section got to hear Dr. Meyer first. And so that afternoon, they invited uh, everybody to come, and there was an agnostic there. And an agnostic means, I don't know, I don't believe. Atheist means, I don't believe, but an agnostic says, "I, I don't know if I believe or I don't believe. But if you say if you're an agnostic, you're not a believer because you don't believe in Christ. So he wasn't a believer. So he went along, and his friends asked him after the message, what would you think of Dr. Meyer's message? I didn't believe a word of it. And that afternoon, the agnostic uh, said the next time, they were going to have a group for the other passengers that were not in the first-class accommodations. And so they asked him, you want to come along? Yeah, I want to go along and hear what this babbler has to say. It reminds me of the days of Paul when he went to to Athens. They thought he was a babbler proclaiming strange deities. Well, before starting the service, the agnostic put two oranges in his pocket. I wonder what he was really planning to do with these oranges. <laughs> Maybe throw them at Dr. Meyer. Who knows? But he had two oranges in his pocket, one in each pocket. And as he walked by, he saw this elderly lady sitting there in, in a cruise chair there on the, on the uh, ship. And she was sound asleep, and her a- hands were out like this. And he thought, I'm going to have some fun with this lady. So he takes the orange, the first orange, and he puts it in her left hand, and then he takes the second orange and he puts it in her right hand, and then he goes away and he's going to see what's going to happen to this lady sitting there with two oranges, one in each hand. So later on, he walks by that lady with a smile and he says, oh, I see you're enjoying that piece of fruit. Oh, yes, she said, it's great, my father gave it to me. He looked at her so funny, he says, your father... How can you have a father? He'll be be way too old. How can you? Your father can't be alive. Oh, he's very much alive. My heavenly father has given me these oranges. And he says, tell me, how did that happen? She says, well, I've been seasick for days, and I prayed that God would send me an orange so I would feel better. And guess what? He not only sent me one orange, but he sent me two oranges. (laughs) He's able to do exceeding abundantly beyond all that I could ask or think. And that man turned white. And it says later on, that man was converted to Christ because of that. Can God use oranges? Can God use little old ladies? Can he use you and I? Yes. Because, all because she had the faith to believe that God would provide for her. Do we have that kind of faith? Wow, he has all the resources in the world. There was a man that once said, Prayer is nothing else but presenting God with his own promises, desiring him to work that in us for which he has promised us. You know, that's really good. That's what we do. The Bible is a book of promises. And we say, Lord, your word says here that you're going to answer my prayer. Your word says here you're going to do exceedingly abundantly, way beyond what I can ask or think. I'm claiming that, Lord. And whatever promise we have from God, we claim it by faith, we trust in him, and know that he is going to do it for us. You know, we're learning a choir song that I've been really enjoying memorizing and and going over, and it says these words, he's everything, he's promised, and so much more, more than amazing, more than marvelous, more than miraculous could ever be, he's more than wonderful, that's what Jesus is to me. He's the source, and he's the resource for us in anything we have. We can never ask him for too much. You know, sometimes at, at Christmas time, kids, they ask for this and this and this, and it seems like it's too much or birthday time. But God never says, Heather, you've asked too much. He says, I'm going to give you more than what you ask for. Reminds me of the days of King Solomon. The Lord came to him in 1 Kings chapter 3, and he said, ask, what, what should I give to you? What do you want me to give to you? Can you imagine if God came to you today and said, whatever you ask, I will give you. Just tell me. And think about what Solomon asked for. He asked for wisdom. He asked for an understanding heart to govern Israel. And then the Lord said, because you have not asked for all these other things, riches, the lives of your enemies, and so forth, he says, I'm going to give you honor and riches. I'm going to make you the wisest king on the face of the earth who's ever lived. And that was true of Solomon. Solomon asked God for a good request. And I'm wondering if God came to you and I this morning and says, what do you want? What do you really want? Would we ask for material things? Would we ask for money? Would we ask for fame and these kind of things in the world? No. What we should ask for is a closer walk with him. We should ask for more opportunities to serve him. We should ask that he'll humble us and break us and challenge us every day and convict us. That's the kind of thing that God wants us to ask and long for in our lives. But I thank God that God doesn't give us always what we ask for. And he doesn't give us always what we want. But he always gives us what we need. And we can praise God for that. That's why the prayer says, give us this day our daily bread. And on a daily basis, the Israelites used to go out, gather the manna on a daily basis, and they had enough. They all had enough. It says those who gathered little did not have too little. And those who gathered much did not have too much. They all went out, gathered the manna, and ate that manna for the kingdom of God. Yes, the scripture says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things, and you can lump them into one category, all these things shall be added to you. Praise God for that. God knows what to give us and he knows when to give it to us if we just trust in him. He gives the best gifts. And then not only is he the, the right resource and not only does he have all the right resources but he gets all the glory in our lives. Everything that we have today is from the Lord. Do you believe that? That God has given it to you? You know, so many people in the world say, I earned it. I deserved it. I did all the study for that degree. I, I got the job. I got the promotion. I did all the things I needed to do. I worked hard. I climbed over people or whatever. But as Christians, we realize that nothing we do is from ourselves. It's from him. Notice he says, according to the power that works in us. It's not my skill. It's not my talent. It's not my ability. I lay them down for the Lord and say, use me, Lord. But it's all given by God. And then of course we can start meddling with each other and we can say how about our money? That belongs to the Lord too. It all belongs to him. Everything we have belongs to him. And when we use it for his glory as good stewards, he will bless our lives tremendously every single day. Whatever possessions, whatever money, whatever accomplishment, we give him all the glory. In Philippians 1:13 it says for it is God is at work in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Yeah, I was mentioning Sylvia's message the other day on Thursday about being broken. That is something the human nature does not want to do. The human nature is stubborn. I'm stubborn. The human nature is proud. I'm proud. The human nature is unyielding. I'm unyielding. But when the Lord gets his pressure on us in just the right way and says break, Dean. Break. Break, break. We put up a struggle, but pretty soon we surrender. And when we do, God elevates us. He blesses us. He says in his word, he who exalts himself will be humble, but he who humbles himself shall be exalted. And that's what God wants to do. He can only use broken vessels. He can only use clean vessels. He can only use vessels of his own choosing. I like what the Phillips translation says of Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 19 and 20 in the Phillips translation. It says, how tremendous is the power available to us who believe in God? Wow, how available is that power? But we have to be connected. Have you ever been stuck out on the road and your battery isn't working and you can't start your car and you're maybe out in the middle of nowhere and then somebody comes along that's got the jumper cables, and they put the jumper cables on your car they start their car, and guess what? Your car starts. Why? Because you're plugged in. You're connected. The other day, I got a chance to use these this emergency pack that I carry in my car. I said, I'm going to carry this pack, because you never know when something can happen. It has all kinds of things in it. And I got a chance to help somebody jumpstart their car and start it. And I thought that was really good. We should be that way, too. We have God's power. We should be willing to be connectors, to connect with people, to connect them to the Lord. And that's the way it is. We're like the jumper cables connecting from God, the source, to the people. And may the God help us to be his servants in this world. A man named John May said this. He says, in this country, we have military power, but we don't have moral power. We have supersonic thrusts of power, but no spiritual power. The strange paradox is that we are powerful, yet powerless. Doesn't that describe our country? most powerful nation on earth, the armies we have, the navy, the marines, all the armed forces, all the armaments, all the capacity of doing so many things, and yet we're powerless spiritually. And if God deals with us the way he dealt with Israel in the past, we're in for a real tough go because God's going to deal with this nation because we have left God. We've left him out of our schools. We've left him out of our businesses. We've left him out of our homes. We've left him out of our lives, and only those who are saved have the Lord in their lives. But today, you can ask Christ into your life and say, come, I need you. My life is a wreck. It's a misery, and we can accept the Lord as our Savior and know that he died on the cross to save us, and he wants to fill your life with meaning and value, and he wants to give you peace. He wants to give you joy. You know, the hymn writer said, To God be the glory, great things he has done. So loved he the world that he gave us his Son, who yielded his life and atonement for sin, and opened the life gate that all may go in. And we praise God that he is so good to us. Now, Mr. Sousa likes the Amplified Version. I'm going to read the Amplified Version of this verse because it is so, so wonderful. It's, it's a blessing. This is what it says, Ephesians 3.20 and 21 Amplified Version. Now to him who by, in consequence of action of his power that is at work within us, is able to carry out his purpose and do superabundantly, far over and above all that we dare, ask, or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. And then it adds, so be it. Our God is a good God. He's a great God. He's a generous God. All he says is ask. And what should we ask for? The arms. God, give me arms. Answers. Remedies. Exactly. Miracles and solutions. God has them for us. They're out there. He's waiting for us to ask for them if we just trust him. So as we conclude the message today, let's remember God is the right source. Go to him. Don't go to somebody at work and ask advice. Go to God. Go to godly counsel like Adel and Sylvia and they'll give us the counsel that we need to have. Go to the source. Secondly, remember that God has all the resources. You know, they told us now, that we might have to ration water this summer because in East Bay Mud, we don't have enough water, reservoir water, to to sustain us. We may have to have some kind of rationing. God never needs rationing. He's got enough. He's got enough to fill every one of our lives to overflowing and still has more to fill more lives to overflowing. Praise God, he's got the resources. And then finally, give God all the glory. Gives you a job, give him the glory. Heals you of your disease, Give him the glory. Provide you with a new wife, give him the glory. Provide you with a new husband, give him the glory. Because it's all from the Lord. If we cling to the Lord and we really get serious, God is going to do so many great things and he's going to bless our lives. In conclusion, I just want to mention how Bill McDonald in his commentary talks about a pyramid of all these words and he lines them up. And the pyramid goes like this. On the top, Abel. Then after that, Able to do. Then, able to do what we ask. Able to do what we ask or think. Able to do above all that we ask or think. Able to do abundantly above all that we ask or think. Able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Don't think you're asking too much. Let's not... Be that kind of people. Let's be those who trust God to provide for us. In his time, he's going to do great things. He really is. And may the Lord encourage us today. Shall we just look to him in a word of prayer? Father, we're so thankful that you're a great God and a great source to come to in our hour of desperation and weakness and trouble and problems. We come to you, Lord, knowing that you're sufficient for these things. And we thank you, Father, that you're the right resource and you have all the resources and Heaven above, you want to give them to us, Lord. Just help us to, to gain them on our knees by prayer and really seeking you. And Lord, help us to give you all the glory. When you answer our requests, when you give us what we need, we want to shout it from the mountaintops. Thank you, Lord, for providing. And we pray for those who may not be saved today. And this is not true for them, Lord. They don't have you in their lives. And we pray that they would accept you today as their personal Lord and Savior and be born again and believe that you're the only remedy for their sin. And Lord, we just pray for you to take us home today safely and with a blessing. Help us to be encouraged with your word, we pray in your precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen.